Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. So today I was joined by Ian, an avid AFLW Fremantle supporter. Uh, we just uh, talked uh, about uh, tomorrow's game, the chain, uh, you know, uh, what, what Fremantle is basically and uh, yeah, they're off to a flying start. So, yeah, I mean, it was good to get a bit of an in-depth chat uh, to him about uh, how Fremantle are and why they've been so successful and probably why they're falling away, basically, towards the latter part of the years. So, yeah, it was good to chat to him about it. Um, there is a bit of news to catch up on, but I'll probably do that more in the next episode. I just wanted to do a preview of the North versus Fremantle, all-important North versus Fremantle game uh, tomorrow in the AFLW, probably the match of the round. Uh, yeah, Fremantle is flying five and zip, uh, you know, with a percentage of well over two hundred. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it, it was a good uh, it was a good little chat, and uh, I'll bring Ian right now. I won't hold you up anymore. So I'm joined by Ian, uh, an AFLW Fremantle supporter. So Ian, a great start by Freo this year. Uh, did you expect um, going into the season that it was going to be this good, like uh, the first few rounds? Like you're five and zip on top of the ladder, so you're flying, aren't you? We are flying. Um, I think the answer to that is is probably yes, but um, you know, when you go back over the last three years, and I was looking at this the other day, there's only three teams that have had winning seasons in the last three years, and that's Frio, North and Melbourne. And in fact, yeah. a couple of Melbournes were kind of pretty much like four and three, four and two. So yeah. we came into this season 18 and four over the last um, three seasons. We're now 23 and four in our last 27 games. You guys yeah. were 16 and 6 as well. So I think yeah. as Frio fans, we thought, yeah, we're still up there. Um, but to some extent, I think the media had written us off. So I think yeah. we weren't surprised. But certainly I think it's been, oh, God, Frio are doing well again. And it's, it's, like, it's almost like last year people were going, expecting it to be you know, the season before when we were undefeated before COVID. It was a sort of one-off. Yeah. Um and you know, I suspect it's the same sitting in the North Camp. You're sitting there going, "Well, the media's written us off, but we've we've had three really strong seasons, um, yeah. not many injuries." I I think the but for Frio fans was, and it's what the media were using to kick us going into this season is we we lost a couple of players. Um, Sabrina Duffy, good goal scorer, um, yeah. doesn't really actually contribute much apart from scoring goals. But you know, you can't complain about somebody who scores ten, eleven a season. Um, yeah. has taken a season off, maybe a couple of seasons off for a job. And Ash yeah. Sharp, um, who also would chip in with a few goals, um, is on, you know, the baby. So um, yeah. I think the question was, where are we going to replace those goals? And then we didn't finish last season great. We sort of really fell off having had a really quick start. Yeah. And I think to some extent our game plan had been found out. So there was a, I think there was a question mark about, you know, are we going to adapt our game? Teams, certainly the better teams have adjusted to our style. Um, But I still think overall, when you look at it, there are the same six teams at the top. And it's, I think it's going to be another two or three years of the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, Geelong and Richmond have shown some signs, but I still think it's the same six will be at the top for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, like you're probably saying that uh, they're a bit under, they've gone a bit under the radar so far this year. Uh, a lot of even uh, the media, they're still talking about Adelaide and Melbourne, aren't they? And then you're probably uh, Fremantle outside of that. But you probably have to, you know, after the first five rounds, you probably have to give yourselves a, a pretty good shot against, uh, you know, if you played them this week, like uh, Adelaide Crows or Melbourne, you'd probably give yourself a pretty good chance, wouldn't you? 
I, I think we go into any game and sort of backing ourselves. We have, you know, what we have seen now into the season is the, the game plan has slightly adjusted. Um, yeah. I think there's there's still some you know, residual concern after last season that our, our game plan is pretty hard footy and yeah. whether... And, and whether you can sustain that over what is now a 10-game season then into finals. Um, yeah. But you know, pretty much every media interview with any of the girls, they've always gone, you know, we're the fittest we've ever been. Over half the team squad ran PBs in pre-season. So, um, yeah, we're, we're feeling good. But, yeah, as a Freo fan, you, you don't sort of you don't really know how to process success very well. So I guess we're all kind of keeping our fingers crossed that we, we don't fall off like last year. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it is. Uh, like you said, it is a fairly short season, like 10, 10 rounds or eleven rounds, uh, whatever it is. But um, yeah, like it's it's hard to sustain, you know, really hard footy and strong footy for a period of time, isn't it? So it's. You, I think you you touched on this a little bit. So what are the team's main strengths and weaknesses, if they have any weaknesses at the moment? Uh, we certainly have got some weaknesses, but we've we've been covering for them a fair bit, I think. But um, yeah, we touched upon fitness, but we, we yeah, Freo plays a brand of um, hard at it, contested footy, with yeah. with a huge amount of tackling. And um, I think it's I think it's telling that in every game this season, we've had a the most possessions, but b also the most tackles. And it's not normally that way around. Um, so so that's it. We we are very much a get it on the boot team and play pretty direct. Play pretty direct. Um, we've we've been able to spread the goal kickers around the team this year, which I think is going into that. You know, losing Duffy and Sharp a bit of a concern, but uh, uh, there's been a good spread, particularly from midfield. Um, and yeah, I, I we've only been able to get to one game this year um, at Fremantle Oval. But yeah. one thing that commentators, um, particularly those who you know, I, I would say know what they're talking about. They observe at the ground is that we structure up really well behind the ball. Um, yeah. When we go inside 50, it's really hard for teams to get it out. Yeah. Um, I think one other thing, if you look at our squad, and this is a bit of the sort of the haves and the have-nots for those teams that have been around since since the competition started. Yeah. Uh, you know, traditionally, you look at the, the, the 18 or 16 that are out there and go, okay, how good are they judged upon their bottom four or five players? And I would say our bottom four or five players would comfortably find their way onto most teams' first yeah. 16. So I think it's the strength across the whole, all, all three lines, I think, is a strength. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, weaknesses, we, we're, we're not a particularly high school team. I don't think anyone would say we are. The skills are a bit, bit better this year, but we play hard footy, win the ball, and get it forward quickly. Um, it's not a skills-based game. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, sometimes the accuracy in front of goal sort of shows that we're perhaps not a high skills team because we've certainly scored a, a lot more behinds than goals. I, I think Mike Michael's and it's a concern going into this weekend is we're pretty undersized down back. Um, okay. Janelle Cuthbertson, um, who was uh, all Australian last year and yeah. I think led the league in, in intercepts across the back, um, she had concussion, missed a couple of rounds and then has broken her jaw in training. Um, yeah. So, so. You look at our, our back line and particularly even against the doggies midweek, um, too good. Um, she, she's a tall, market, high marking forward. Um, we didn't really have an answer for that. So I think that's probably our biggest weakness. Okay, yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, you've been uh, cursed a bit in the last couple of weeks with uh, key injuries and suspensions to key players, haven't you? We have. And I, I think um, it, it's... 
that plus the fact we've now because of trying to squeeze in a number of games in Victoria, this will be two consecutive five-day breaks um, yeah. coming towards the end of sort of three or four weeks away from from home. So, um, look, I, th- I think it's, it's necessary to get the games in, but no one's going to say the the suspension of, uh, of Bowers isn't going to hurt us because it because it yeah. will because you know, we we think she's the best player in the league, and, yeah. and any team's going to miss that sort of player. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, she's shown it last year. She won an FLW best and fairest. So no, she's uh, if she's not the best, she's certainly right up there with, with the best of them. So it's probably a fair case that uh, you, you guys probably uh, play the football pretty simple, like uh, just get it, uh, just win the contested possession, get it in your forward line, lock it in, and then uh, try and get a score through that. Is that probably a fair summary, or am I being a bit too harsh? No, I, I, I think if yeah, when you if you look at the. If you look at the way that we play, I think that's a really great summary of how we play. I think the the, the lock it in is a key part because yeah. what we've really seen this year is just how hard it's been for teams to get it outside, you know, get it out when we when we are um, when we're playing inside fifty. Once we get it inside fifty, it's um, and and with the way we structure up and there's a couple of players who I think go under the radar who who really help with that. They sort of sweep the, the sort of halfbacks push up. They sweep around just outside the arc and they're just picking the ball off every time it's coming out. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Like, you play, I believe it's uh, the best way to play is just play to your team's strengths. If you've got a quick team, then play you know, a running game. But uh, if if you've got uh, a contested team, then just play, to, you know, that sort of style of football. Like, I was talking to a Carlton uh, person last week about Carlton's uh, game plan. And he sort of said, well, we're a contested team, but we try and play an outside game, which doesn't suit us. So, yeah, no, I'm all for just uh, playing to your strengths rather than uh, trying to, yeah, trying to incorporate something that isn't there. And if you don't have the talent, then, um, yeah, there's no point doing it. So are, you, are the expectations for Frio, like for yourself, like personally, would you, are you expecting a flag this year or, or at least the grand final in periods? Um, I think there's a difference between expectation and hope. Um, yeah. I, yeah, good, good I, answer. I've been, yeah, I've, I've, been in, I've been in WA now for, for eight years from, from the UK, become Not- an absolute Frio tragic. Um <laughs> and I think one of the first lessons you learn is that no one in Frio expects to win a flag. Um, it, it would be a pretty, pretty unusual experience, um, unique, but never won a flag. So, and I, I don't think that's defeatist. I think it's just kind of in the DNA. Um, you know, as as a club, we've we we work really bloody hard for everything that we get. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we expect. I, I do think our performance over the last three years warrants getting to the grand final, and I, I think. If we get through this and eventually drop off in two, three years without having made a grand final, I think you'd look back at and saying, yeah, we've underperformed. Yeah, um, cool. Interesting enough, in, in, in mid-January, the um, or no, sorry, mid-December, the club published its new three-year, four-year strategic plan. And within that, the plan is by 2025, both men's and women's, to have won a flag. Now, I think most people looked at that and went, wow, Freo are kind of putting themselves out there. But, yeah. but I do think our women's are, yeah, certainly here and now in 2022, the best chance of getting a flag is definitely the women's team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the, the men's team aren't far away, though. Like, I mean, they're on the right trajectory as well. So, yeah, no, I don't... Um, yeah, no, I don't mind uh, setting a goal like that. Like, I, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, it was about 10 years ago. I think uh, Brendan Gale from Richmond uh, set an expectation of winning three premierships in the next five to 10 years, and they, they ended up doing it. So, And everyone laughed at him when he said that. So I certainly don't mind um, setting a 
setting a bar, like it's not even a high bar, like a premiership within the next four years. You, I think your women's team's on the right track, so it certainly can happen, can't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, you know, even St Kilda have won a flag in the last 150 years, so every, every club can win a flag. So, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's – I think it's. It, we feel like with you, and I think the women's team, you know, we had a false start for the first year or first season or two, but we've gone about it really well, really professionally. Everything about the team screams um, – and the, the organisation about the women's team screams professional – um, yeah. And and I you know I think we've we've we're in a really good shot, but as I said, it's probably more hope than expectation. Yeah. Ah. Oh, well, you you never know, I suppose. You're you're certainly right up there at the moment. That's all that okay. matters uh, at the moment, isn't it? So you can't uh, sort of uh, worry about uh, what's going to happen in the future. So yeah, no, you're definitely uh, on the right trajectory so far. Five rounds in, and um, yeah. And it's still going under the radar, which is uh, not a bad thing sometimes. I, th- I think the, you know, the expectation of uh, Adelaide and uh, Melbourne puts a bit of pressure on them to, you know, fulfil it. So, yeah, just being on the outside looking in, like, like you said, it's similar to North Melbourne. We're, we're sort of, uh, we're probably not uh, considered one of the premiership fancies, but um, you know, if things go well and yeah, we continue our good form from the last few weeks, then you never know. So outside of the big names for Frio, who might be some other names that um, that can give North a scare this week? That's a good question, and you know, we, I think there are a number of big names. We've got a few all Australians in there. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of went through it, and I, I sort of picked out sort of five right. players, but I'll go through them really quickly. Three, no, three no, of them, no. I think. So four of them, I think, are kind of hidden gems that are, are beginning to get a bit more recognition. And, and we start with with Haley Miller, our new captain. Um, we've always seen her as a, a sort of a good, strong player, but I think this year she her game's really stepped up. Um, you, you sometimes see players take on the captaincy and it kind of diminishes them. She's really thriving in it. And it's not just the hard footy in the middle, but she's she's scoring goals. I think she's got five or six goals already from midfield. Yeah. Uh, Gabby O'Sullivan, a, a lovely player, but some, someone who in the past playing in the, forward, in the forward line would kind of sometimes go missing, has been moved back into the midfield. And I think last week she was kind of tracking pretty, pretty close to Bowers in terms of a number of tackles. And what she does give us is, is a bit more composure on the ball when she gets um, when she gets it. Um, she, what one who I guess most players would or most fans would never have heard of until she actually got a Rising Star nomination this week um, is Sarah Veria. She was our first round pick last year, and she's one of those players. Who I said plays on the halfback, but when we push up inside fifty, she—I think there was one game she got eleven intercept marks, and that's not the one she got the rising star for. But her goal, her footy sense, and her positioning um, has been—I think for such a young player—is is pretty outstanding. I think she'll be a top three player for us, and she's she's really she's pretty slight of frame, but she's really put herself out. But I, but I think our big wild card is is on your tie, the sort of the six foot two Irish girl. Um, She's been on the list for three years. She's done a couple of ACLs, so she only made a debut in round one this year. Um, but rather than me trying to kind of advocate for her, Kiara Barris did it best in pre-season, where she said, honestly, she's one of the best players I've ever seen. And no, well, Barris, said, Barris said she would give up her spot for, for Ty to get into the team. And no. um, yeah, she played... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, having having played up front for for the first three rounds, she went down back um, and kind of rang rings around Sabrina Frederick. And I know some people would say that's probably an easy thing to do in <laughs> the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I suspect she was rested this week. I suspect she'll come in, um, probably go down back because Cuthbertson's out injured. 
Um, she looks. She doesn't. She doesn't look natural as a player. And, and why should she? She she grew up playing Gaelic football. Her handballs look like an octopus swinging and up, swinging a tentacle out. But the other thing that she does is she can kick the ball even without wind, 55, 60 yards. And in this in the women's game, that's a huge weapon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, like if that's that's you know, I mean that's effectively almost two isn't it? Like uh, for yeah. for most women, so yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a big weapon. And uh, to get that sort of praise from uh, Kiara Bowers is uh, is pretty high praise as well. To say that uh, someone is the best player she's ever seen, so yeah. you probably you got to take it uh, very seriously when she talks as well, considering yeah, the way she plays the game. So yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, contest. So what sort? Of, like you've already touched on this, but you expect a a, a contested game this week, not so much an open game. And probably by scoring as well, you'd have to think, wouldn't you? I, I think the signs would point to that. I mean, I yeah. think any game that involves Frio is going to be a contested game. Um, yeah. yeah North, North Melbourne have got one of the best midfields in the league as well. So yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's going to be a, an interesting game of contrasting styles. Yeah. Um, we, we showed a couple of weeks ago that we don't mind a shootout. Well, I, I mean, the fans and the players didn't mind it, but and the coach wasn't particularly happy. Um, but uh, I think we we lost control of the midfield, but you know, we, we are a good offensive team, so the ball was going both ways. Um, so I think it will be a contested game, two really strong midfields. Um, the one thing I would say is we actually, for the first time this season, particularly in the second half against the Doggies this week, we look really tired. And so yeah. those... Um, you know, contested footy kind of loses its edge if if the players are, are, are sort of struggling from a fitness perspective. But yeah, hopefully we go again. Um, th- there was a game last year after about five or six rounds against Brisbane where we were flying high. We, we, we were undefeated and we got put on our backside by Brisbane. Um, and yeah, they went to go on and win the flag. But I think most fans are looking at this game pretty nervously. Uh, but if I was predicting, I'd say it's probably going to be pretty low scoring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had that. Um, you had a really good win against Collingwood a couple of weeks ago. We've been pretty good this season, so that that was. Um, and I watched a bit of that, and I was really impressed the way you played. And obviously, you probably just had a bit of a flat out performance against the Bulldogs. But sometimes you're not always going to play. Yeah, more often than not, you're not always going to play at your best. Like you just got to right. find a way to win, and that was the most important thing. You found a way to win against the Bulldogs. And um, who knows this week? Like, uh, yeah, it's a new game. It's it's a new challenge. I think you got girls will be uh, up for it. Like, it's um, we're definitely going to have to be at our best. Uh, whether you that whether you have Bowers, who's obviously yeah. not playing, a couple others. Yeah, I still think we're going to have to be at our best to uh, get the get the points. So it's yeah, like you said, I, I expect a contested game as well. Um, yeah, both midfields, like you said, as good as anyone in the competition. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of depth going through there at the moment. We've even uh, had to push Emma Carney into the back line, although she's she's done really well. But um, yeah, just through weight of numbers, we've probably um, had to push her in the back line and had to get a few other girls through there because yeah, I mean, I mean, Carney gives us plenty of drive in the in the back line as well. So which is going to be important probably by the sounds of it. Uh, this weekend, if we can get that ball outside 50, if you got girls are pretty good at locking it in, then we probably need that run and dash from a back line to, to I, try and get it out as well. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I saw some highlights of your game. I don't think it was last week against Carlton, but the week before, you you play a brand of footy through through the midfield that, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's no surprise that the top three or four teams, including North, including Frio, um, yeah, they've got the best midfields in the league and. Yeah, I, I think you know, I'm looking at this game, and I think fans have been looking at this game for for a couple of weeks and going, 
that's going to be that's going to be the tough one. Um, to, to be honest, we felt pretty good going against Collingwood because I think we knew we, we matched up really well on them, and it was, you know, it was an outstanding performance. We we didn't let them settle on the ball at all and completely disrupted their flow. But I, if, from from what I've seen of North and, and what I know of North, I think you're you're a bit more comfortable with the contest than than the, the Pies were. They they were just like rabbits in the headlight headlights at all of its tackling. But I, I think this will be a a, a really interesting game and I'm, I'm excited to see how the two teams match up because I expect them to both be their deep in finals. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it looked like, like from what I've been watching against Collingwood, it looked like you bullied them almost. Like it was like, oh. uh, yeah, girls against, you know, little girls, I suppose. Yeah, women against girls, basically. So, yeah, it was just, um, it, particularly in the midfield, it looked like you just, um, you were just a lot hungrier than they were and that, and even uh, they were fumbling a lot, even when players weren't near him, because I think it was just a perceived pressure. They were worried that uh, a Fremantle player was going to be near him, and so it, forth. It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was hugely reminiscent of a game away to Adelaide last year. We went down to Norwood. They were, they, I don't think they'd lost there um, at all, um, yeah. and it was almost identical to a Collingwood game. We we just hit them with pressure, and and they just didn't know how to how to respond to it. Um, but, but again, I guess that comes back to the earlier point, which is when we're on, I actually think our best is you know, is almost unplayable. Um, yeah. But whether you can sustain that, I know it's a shortened season, but whether you've got the fitness to sustain that over over 10 games and into finals, and in particular in this little run in Victoria, um, I think it's our fifth game in something like 19 days, that, 19, 20 games. That, that's, that's, that's hard going to keep it going. But we did, yeah. Yeah, the, other, the other thing about the, the Doggies game, we... We did rest five or six players and bring in some sort of fringe players. So hopefully, yeah. um, to sort of some of those players who who have been performing really well and had a, had a well earned break are actually coming off a ten day break and will we'll freshen us up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, time will only tell, I suppose. But yeah, like you said, it's it's important that uh, obviously there would have been a few sore bodies just from the turnaround. So it gives uh, a few extra players that you know a 10, 11 day turnaround. And like you said, five ga- five games in nineteen days. I mean, that wouldn't happen in AFL like. You know, otherwise uh, you'd be like imagine Collingwood doing that. You'd be hearing uh, Eddie McGuire and every other Collingwood person <laughs> jumping up and down about it. So, yeah, like yeah, and these and full credit to these girls. I've never like they play in the heat as well. Like they play yeah. in thirty plus degree days, and it, and I've never heard one girl complain about it. Whereas if uh, it was a yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe if it was AFL men's team, that they'd probably you know jump it up and down. We need recovery. We need this. We need ice baths and all that sort of thing. So yeah, but that's another different topic. So no, full credit to you that you're still you know five and zip after all the you know uh, disruptions. Firstly, that you have to travel, and um, yeah, that uh, you know you've had five games in 19 days and played you know really well, some really good football. So is it just a simple case of? Uh, who wins a midfield battle uh, win a game? Or do you think, like, uh, it might be, you know, it depends how uh, it's locked into the forward line as well. If we can get the ball out a bit quicker, then might, maybe we're a chance as well, even if we do lose a uh, midfield battle. I, I think, yeah, I think first and foremost, it's going to be in the midfield. If we can, uh, I, if you, are, you are a team that sort of has good control of the ball. You move it around really nice. Yeah. Same as Collingwood, they went into the, to that game saying the same. If, if we can disrupt that and disrupt your sort of um, your ball movement, I think we'll get on top. Um, that said, you know, I, I am genuinely concerned. You've got a couple of good sort of tall marking forwards, and we are under a sort of we, we are under manned and sort of a pretty small back line. So I can see that that working. I, I think it depends on uh, on the tactics um, that you employ. So when when we 
Um, yeah, the, the doggies game was a was a tough game, but they deliberately dropped a, a spare a spare yeah. player back into defence. Um, I think Emma Carney is going to be absolutely critical to that because you're yeah, bringing some of that sort of midfield nous and skills into that back line. I think will will make a real difference. Um, you know, we, you look at some of the, particularly some of the less established teams, their back lines are where you, you really notice the sort of skill errors kind of creeping in. Um, and, and with the pressure we apply, we kind of we kind of really do expose those poor skills down back. Um, but I do think having a couple more skill players running through the back line will also, again, it will, it will counter some of our strengths. I'm not saying it will negate them, but I, I do think, I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, uh, it will, but it will be that midfield first and foremost. And I think the final thing is um, the one thing you know you're going to get from Trio is you're going to get a four quarters effort. And I know it's a, a bit of cliche to say, but we haven't dropped off in in a single quarter yet. So um, you look at a couple of the games being pretty tight to three quarter time, and then we've just run over the top in the last quarter. So yeah. if 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 your girls aren't up for a sort of a four quarter game, then then that's going to be you know that that's going to be difficult for you because we, we, we will keep coming for four four quarters. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I think last week was our, probably our first real four-quarter effort. We had a really good win against GWS in round three, but it was more of a first three quarters set it up and we fell away in the last quarter. So it's it's interesting you say that um, because, yeah, I've, I've, I feel like uh, you're on the right track that if we don't uh, play a four-quarter game, then uh, I think we uh, might fall short uh, this week. So, yeah, what's your final prediction in, in – uh, all, all of that anyway? Um, I think we're looking at probably something like the uh, round nine last year where you, you um, won by a point. I, I, think yeah, it's I, think be, I think it's going to be one goal in it. Um, yeah. If my, my, my heart says Frio, my um, my head says probably 60-40 in North's favour because of the uh, the number of games we've been playing. Um, yeah. But but I, yeah, I, I put it this way, I wouldn't be going down to put a bet on this because it, I could see it go either way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, I couldn't agree more. I think it's going to be a real tight contest either way, and that's it's a match of the round. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely worth watching if you're a neutral supporter or a North supporter or a Fremantle supporter. Definitely um, have a look at this game because it's a, it's a good uh, showcase for women's football. And, um, yeah, anyone that doubts women's football should uh, definitely have a look at this game because it's going to be hard and tough. And, uh, yeah, may the best team win, I guess, Ian. Oh, absolutely, and and I think I come back to the first comment about you. Know, I think both teams are written off by the media, um, yeah. and I, I say this not just because I'm on this on this podcast, but if Freo don't get up this year, I'd love it to be North because I think you you're you've gone about setting up the club, establishing sort of a real connection with the fans and the community. Um, what yeah. you're doing down in Tasmania as well, I think is is fantastic. So um, I, I don't wish you good luck for this, um, for this <laughs> Sunday, but, but I, genuinely, I genuinely wish you good luck for the rest of the season because I think you play the you play the game the right way and uh, is a good example of of how how good this this AFLW can be. Yeah, hundred percent. No, it's going to be a classic game, and uh, yeah, no, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah. The main thing is we just want a good game, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, North can get over the line. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how this one goes. It's uh, definitely going to be a good contest. I, you know, me personally, I just think that you know, I just think that. The suspension to Bowers probably just puts it slightly in our favour. So. Um, yeah, just slightly. But, you know, like 
like you said, and 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 like you said, the five games in nineteen days, like yeah, it, it is a tough ask to get up um, for all those. But uh, full credit to your girls; they've been uh, fantastic so far this year. So, yeah, whatever happens this weekend is definitely going to be there and thereabouts uh, towards the end of the season, which is uh, which is good for Fremantle Football Club in general. And uh, yeah, that's the main thing, I guess, as well. So, anyways, Ian, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I've learned a lot about Fremantle in the last uh, twenty or so minutes. So yeah, no, it's been good. And uh, thanks for your input on uh, the Fremantle Football Club. It's been fantastic. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, actually, I do mean good. Good luck on Sunday. Um, yeah. I'm sure the best team will will, will win. Yeah, that'll be us. So that's fantastic. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, just joking, just joking. Yeah, no. No, uh, yeah. No, good luck to. Uh, your team as well, Ian, uh, and uh, good luck with the rest of the season as well. Thanks, Ian. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, Ian. Have- so that was Ian. Uh, it was good to get his thoughts on how the game will probably be played tomorrow. It looks like it's going to be a very contested game. They've got a very strong midfield for him, and even without uh, Bowers not playing. So, yeah, it'll definitely be a very close game, I would think. So it's going to be a ripper, match of the round for AFLW. Don't forget to check it out on 10 past 1. And if you live in Tassie, definitely go and watch it. Uh, that's it for today's episode. Uh, next episode, I'll do a re- review of uh, this game tomorrow. And probably catch up on a little bit of the latest news as well. Don't forget to check out my last episode where I did uh, my best 22 version 1.0 in 2022. Um, That'll obviously change in the coming weeks and, uh, yeah, when we get close to the season. And I'll get more guests on and they can talk about, um, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk about certain individuals. And yeah, don't, don't worry, I'll still be covering AFLW, I'll be covering an AFL team and even do a little bit of um, covering of the VFL team as well. So yeah, that's it for today in, uh, at the moment. Uh, I will be back early next week, like I said. And yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe. Uh, you can ke- catch my show on all good platforms pretty much. Uh, all you do is search hashtag kangaroos in, a, in whatever you know, podcast platform you use, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever, wherever you can, and just just subscribe. It uh, brings up uh, the next show automatically into your in-feed, so you don't have to search it each time. And, yeah, that's it. Uh, today's shout-out will go to Brady Rawlings. Bye for now.